This is Franchise Friday, a short episode designed to talk all things franchising. As a listener of the Path to Freedom podcast, you know you want to take control of your life and create more freedom for yourself. But have you ever stopped to consider franchise ownership as an avenue for doing just that? Owning a franchise means you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And it can be a great way to become a first-time business owner or even for a seasoned entrepreneur to expand their portfolio and break into a new business. But where do you even start? I know firsthand how overwhelming of a process it can be to figure out which franchise companies are good, which ones might be a good fit for you, and how to go about vetting them. And that's exactly what I'll be talking about in these episodes. I'll be detailing the methodical process I use with my consulting clients to help them navigate what would typically be an overwhelming process. There's an art to finding the right franchise for you and conducting a thorough investigation, and that's what I'll be unpacking on Franchise Fridays. Thanks for tuning in. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, Path to Freedom listeners? Hey, I'm back with another episode of Franchise Friday. Took a break last week. Wanted to do something a little bit different for the 100th episode of the podcast, which to me is just so cool. Um, and I, I couldn't have gotten this far without all of you that are out there listening. So really appreciate the support. Really appreciate the feedback that I've been getting. That is certainly motivation for me to keep going with this. Uh, so thank you. Let's keep listening. I feel like we're really just getting started with the Path to Freedom podcast, and, and hopefully it's adding a lot of value to you. And then let's keep sharing this for others so that, that you know, hopefully it will add value for them as well. And also keep the feedback coming in terms of other topics, other questions that you'd like me to address here on the podcast. And if anyone has good recommendations for guests that they'd like to hear me interview on the podcast, I'm always open to that as well. But down to business, back to Franchise Friday. So in the last episode of Franchise Friday, I talked about a common roadblock that people face at the end of the research process, which is FOMO. You know, they found a franchise that, you know, really lines up with what they're looking for. They've gone through the whole investigative research process that I've outlined in this series. They feel good about it. They've gotten past some of the, the head trash, the what I call FUD, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But then another form of kind of FUD creeps in, and that's how do I know? How do I know that this is the best franchise for me? What if there's something better out there? So tune into that episode if you missed it, because that's something that I think pretty much anyone that signs a franchise agreement experiences at least to some extent. All right, but for this episode... Congratulations. You've gotten past your FUD, right? You've gotten past the naysayers, right? The friends, the family members, the neighbors that are, you know, looking at you like you're crazy because you're about to go and start this new journey and you're about to get really uncomfortable, right? You're about to do something you've never done before in all likelihood. Congratulations. You've signed your franchise agreement. Now what happens? What comes next? You sign your franchise agreement, then what? That's what I want to unpack in this episode. So the first thing I would say is, if you've signed your franchise agreements, celebrate a little bit. Take a moment, congratulate yourself, 
pop a bottle of something, whatever it is that you like to do to celebrate, have a little bit of fun with it. This is huge. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of willpower. It takes a lot of discipline. And it takes a lot of courage to even get to that point, to put the ink on the paper. Well, let's be real. Everything's done digitally these days, but you know what I mean. To put the ink on the paper, to sign your name, to wire the franchise fees to the franchisor, holy crap, now what? So after you've taken a minute to celebrate, it's time to get down to work. And so, you know, what what, what to expect? What does this typically look like? So, you know, as we've talked about in this series, you're going through this process, right? You're, you're probably working with a representative from the franchisor, usually referred to as a franchise development rep. Through this process, you've gotten to interact and talk to other franchisees. You've gotten to interact with other key members of the corporate team. You've likely been to a discovery day, whether that's virtual or in person. And through that, you would have gotten to meet all the key members of the executive team and really the people that are now going to be behind you, supporting you as you begin this journey as a franchisee. And so the first thing that typically happens after you sign is you get handed off from your franchise development rep to what's usually referred to as the onboarding team. And this is, to me, where so much of the value, at least the upfront value in becoming a franchisee lies, right? Because, you know, think about it if you're not a franchisee, but you want to start this business. I mean, a lot of people have these great ideas to start businesses, but they never get off the ground. And, and a lot of it simply has to do with the fact that they don't know where to get started. They don't even know how to get started. They don't know how to start building any momentum. And so a franchise is great in that regard because you immediately get handed off to an onboarding team. You know, it's not like you typically would sign your franchise agreements and then you have all this time where you don't have anything to start working on. So the onboarding team is usually going to give you a very methodical approach to everything that you need to be doing to get your business ready to, to open and to launch. And so, you know, a lot of times initially this onboarding team is going to walk you through some of the administrative type things, right? Uh, you may or may not have already set up a business entity at this point. You know, they're going to essentially give you a checklist of like, hey, here's what you need to do and in what order uh, to start getting yourself ready to open. They're also going to likely start giving you some initial training materials, right? So you'll get some sort of a operations man manual. You know, most franchisors these days have an online platform where franchisees can go through some virtual training. Any good franchisor is going to have you come to training in person. You know, usually that's anywhere from a week to two week training period. It usually happens at the franchisor's headquarters, although some franchisors have regional trainings and things of this nature. But that usually comes, you know, anywhere from three to four weeks to potentially even several months after you've signed your franchise agreement. But again, that does not mean that you've got all this time on your hands after signing where you have nothing to do. And so I think this is valuable, right? Because as I've already mentioned, a lot of people struggle in starting a business simply because they don't know where to get started. So the onboarding team is going to help you with that. They're going to take you by the hand. They're going to walk you through every single thing that you need to do. 
it's not always the funnest part of starting a franchise because, as I said, a lot of it is more administrative in nature. But it's all things that need to be done, and they take all the trial and error out of it for you, right? If it's a any sort of an established franchisor, they've done this before, right? They've helped however many other franchisees there are go through this exact same process. So they've likely got it pretty dialed in. And so they're going to save you a lot of time, likely save you some money by saying, look, this is what you need to do. This is the order that you need to do it in. And this is kind of when you need to have these things done by. And and to me, this is, I, I have conversations with this with people because, you know, again, as we've talked about in earlier episodes, some people question, you know, hey, why do I want to pay these upfront fees uh, to become a franchisee? Maybe I could just start a business like this on my own. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. You know, I've I've gone into detail about, you know, the value of the franchise fee, but I think there's another another component here, you know, as you're getting started, right? You've just likely spent somewhere between forty and sixty thousand dollars on the franchise fees, maybe even more if you're starting with multiple units or multiple territories. Like you've got skin in the game. <laughs> you've got a reason to get to work, right? You don't have an out at that point unless you want to lose the money that you paid for the franchise fee, right? You've also got a franchisor and an onboarding team that's pushing you a little bit. They're saying, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do to get started. This is when you should get started. This is when you need to be done with all of this. So you've got someone giving you some structure to all of these things, but they're pushing you a little bit. Right? I've seen people say, hey, I'm going to start this business. It's not a franchise business. You know, Maybe they've spent some money, maybe they haven't, but it's likely not as much as you would spend or invest in a franchise fee up front. And, and without a franchise, you don't have that, that franchisor in your corner pushing you and kind of taking you by the hand. So I think there's a lot to be said, and this gets overlooked by a lot of people, but I think there's a lot to be said for you know, getting started on the right foot and, you know, paying a franchise fee and then immediately getting locked in with the onboarding team and having them guide you through everything that you need to do, there's huge value in that. And it typically results in people getting their businesses open much faster and starting to get their businesses ramped up much faster. And that's one of my you know, strongest arguments, I think, when, when I am having conversations with people that are maybe struggling to wrap their head around why would I want to pay this franchise fee, you know, in some cases, you're you're stepping over dollars to pick up nickels, you know, when you're looking at it that way, because you've got to also look at what's the opportunity cost, right? If I, if I pay this franchise fee and get in with this franchise and they can help me expedite my opening and my ramp up and put me in a position to start generating revenue and cash flow faster, well, then you're likely going to recoup the franchise fee and then be well on your way to building a profitable business. Quick disclaimer, there's no guarantees for any of this. You as a franchise owner have to put in the work. It's not going to happen for you. So I'm not guaranteeing that if you buy a franchise, you're going to ramp up in any certain period of time or that you will in fact have a profitable business. A lot of that falls to you as the franchise owner. All right, disclaimer over. But you got to understand the opportunity cost, right? If it's going to take you 9 to 12 months to get a business up and running that you've started on your own versus three months with a good franchise, 
Well, I'd like to think that you're going to generate at least enough revenue to more than cover the franchise fees, you know, in that delta, that, you know, six to nine month delta using the example I just gave. So that gets overlooked a lot of times too. People want to focus on, you know, what do I have to pay in a franchise fee, but they neglect to focus on what's the opportunity cost of trying to do this on my own and it taking substantially longer. Not to mention you're probably going to you know, spend some money on trial and error type things that you wouldn't with a good franchise that's guiding you through this process. So you start working with the onboarding team. You're knocking out these things. You know, usually you have kind of weekly check-in calls with you know, whoever your onboarding point person is. In the meantime, you've got things to be working on. You know, you've always got someone in the home office of a franchisor available to help you if you have questions. In my experience, it's not as though you're sitting around waiting till your next scheduled call to get questions answered. There's always people available to help you should you need it. And all of this onboarding is really kind of building up to training, right? So this is going to look different depending on the type of franchise business that you've invested in, right? If it's a, a service-based business where you don't really have any real estate or a brick-and-mortar component, then you're likely you know, signing, onboarding, and training within a month to three months of signing your agreements. If it's something that you know, does have a real estate component where you're having to go out and find real estate and then do some sort of a build-out or a remodel to get that location suitable to operate your business out of, most franchisors in that category tend to postpone training until your location is ready or very close to being ready to launch because what they don't want you to do is come in you know a month or two after training or after signing go through training and then you have maybe another three to four to six months of a build out and you lose a lot of what you got in training so you know that timeline will vary depending on the type of franchise that you've invested in but either way, this onboarding process is really all building up towards training, which is kind of the culmination of the process before you actually launch, right? So if, if it is a business that has a real estate component, um, very commonly franchisors will have real estate teams. Some of them may use a third party, but they're going to come into your market and they're going to actually help you find and select the right piece of real estate or the right location to run your business out of. And this is another huge advantage of franchising. You know, they've got other franchisees, other locations across the country. So they know kind of what you're looking for in terms of real estate. So they're going to be able to give you some guidance there. They're usually going to be able to, you know, help you with your, your offer letter or your letter of intent uh, on a lease. Um, they're going to be able to help you negotiate that. You're probably going to have more leverage and more bargaining power when it comes to negotiating with a potential landlord. So <clears throat> this, this process will look different depending on the type of business that you're in, but the training is ultimately, you know, kind of the, the culmination of what I would call this pre-launch phase after you've signed your agreements. So a couple of things from my own experience and, and from experience of others that I've worked with. Um, <laughs> there, there is likely to be several, at least what I call, oh shit moments after you've signed, <laughs> right? We've talked a lot about the, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt pre-signing, 
hate to say it, but you're probably going to have some of that after you've signed too, because this whole process, it's like drinking from a fire hose, right? I don't care how good the franchisor is, how dialed in their onboarding and their training is, how thorough it is. They're not going to be able to teach you every single thing you need to know to run the business before you've actually launched the business and start getting into it. You know, in any business, there's going to be things that you, you really just can't learn until you experience it yourself or until, you know, that scenario arises and you have to go through it. So that that freaks some people out. I mean, I've seen people go through oh shit moments like literally the day after they sign. It's almost like buyer's remorse after you buy a car. You're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? I've seen it hit others, you know, as they start going through the onboarding process. If you're like me and you're not a very detail-oriented person and you hate, you know, kind of having to work through the monotonous, you know, administrative type task, the onboarding process freaks me out. It's just stuff I don't like to do. It's not even that hard. It's just, I, I just don't enjoy it, right? So I, I've seen that phase, you know, freak people out a little bit. I'd say more commonly, and this has happened to me personally, you know, you find yourself sitting in training with, you know, the, the franchise that you're preparing to launch. And that's where you really start feeling like you're drinking from the fire hose. And I've definitely had some oh shit moments sitting in, you know, training rooms with franchisors, just like, wow, there's a lot more to this than I thought. And that's not, you know, typically a knock on the franchisor and their due diligence process. It's just that, you know, again, with any business, they can't teach you every single thing. You know, when you're researching it, they can't teach you every single thing when you're going through training. So brace yourself for this. Understand that these oh shit moments are coming and make sure your mindset is right to get through them, right? Kind of comes back to, to keeping, you know, at least one eye on, on the big picture, on your vision. Hey, why did I do this in the first place, right? So you, when you get into the thick of it and you do feel like you're drinking from a fire hose and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you can zoom out a little bit and say, all right, this is all part of it. This is not unexpected. You know, I knew I was going to be going through this. It feels different now that I'm actually in the middle of it. It's a little bit overwhelming, but this is all part of what I need to do to ultimately reach my goals. So that's important. You know, make sure your mindset is right going into this because it is going to feel like a lot. You're likely going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to be reminded of how much you don't know yet. <laughs> so that's a that's a commonplace uh, for the the oh shit moment. And like I said, it happens to different people at different phases of this to different degrees. You know, I've, I've never really seen anyone not have some sort of an oh shit moment, you know, post signing. Uh, you know, you may hear some people say that they don't. I mean, even for us, we've we've done this multiple times now. It's it's still scary. Um, so I don't know that I would buy it if someone told me they didn't have any of those thoughts going on. But so that, that's just, you know, a piece of advice. The other thing I would recommend is as you're going through this process, like really, really try to develop good relationships with the people in the home office, especially when, you know, if you're there in person for training, like go the extra mile to develop good relationships with these people, right? Because yes, it is their job to support you, but they've got a lot of other franchisees they're going to support too. My thought on this is, hey, I want to make sure they like me the best. 
so that if I ever need a little something extra, they're going to help me out, right? When they see that Wes is calling, they're going to answer regardless of what they have going on, or they're going to call me right back. I don't want to be that franchisee that they look at their phone and they're like, oh crap, it's this guy again. <laughs> I'm busy. I can't answer. So, you know, really take some time to get to know the team that's behind you, supporting you, develop relationships with them, learn from them, and that can be incredibly beneficial for you as you go on as a franchisee. Same thing with the executive team. Obviously, they're busy. They've got a lot on their plate, a lot of responsibilities, but you know, the more you can get to know them, the more they view you as a trusted franchisee or franchise partner that kind of gets the big picture and is bought in on not only building a successful business for yourself, but is also looking at the bigger picture. Hey, I want to contribute. I want to make sure that not only my individual franchise, but the whole franchise system, you know, is thriving and I want to do anything I can to contribute to that. That will pay dividends for you in the long run as a franchisee. And in addition to that, I would say as quickly as you can jump in and start trying to meet other franchisees. You know, you've probably talked to some, uh, you should have talked to some for sure as you went through the research phase, right? Validate, validate, validate. Reach back out to some of those franchise owners that you talked to. Hey, thanks so much for talking to me a couple of months ago. It was really great to, to meet you. Uh, you're insight your advice was so helpful in helping me make a decision i just wanted to let you know i did move forward i'm now part of the insert brand name family and you know i'd just love to to reconnect sometime if you start developing these relationships with other franchisees early and and not in just a needy kind of way right be careful about this because if you are perceived as the person that just, you know, wants information or wants to take work that other franchisees have done and has nothing to contribute, then you're not as likely to get as positive of a response. So make it clear. And look, when you're brand new, you're not going to be able to add as much value to a more tenured franchisee in all likelihood. But make it clear, hey, I'm hungry. I'm eager to learn. I want to meet other franchisees in the system. I want to learn from them. I want to contribute as much as I possibly can. You may not be able to do that from day one, but just let it be known to any of these other franchisees that you're interacting with that you know your goal is to be a contributing member of the franchise community. And that's invaluable. You know, we've been going through this the last couple months with our newest franchise business, and I've really made a concerted effort to get to know other franchisees, you know, and I've you know, realized that there's some what we call power team calls, right? Peer group calls that are just other franchisees getting on and sharing best practices, talking about what we've learned, what we've tried, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, I'm diving into that. I'm soaking up as much of that as I can because not only is it invaluable learning for me, but I'm trying to cultivate these relationships because that will help me and our business tremendously going forward. And I want to be in a position to help other franchisees as well. That way, when they're in a position to help me, they'll gladly and happily reciprocate that. So those are a couple things that I, I definitely see people overlook uh, from time to time. And then I guess the last thing I would I would say is, you know, as you're getting your business 
ramped up, um, you know, as you're preparing for training. And definitely once you finish training and you're launching your business, you know, really focus on getting the right systems, processes. Obviously, the franchisor is going to be able to help you with this, but just try to get your schedule as the franchise owner, you know, set up the way you think it's going to need to be. Because look, anytime you start a new business, there's not going to be as much going on on that first day as there likely will be when you're six months in. There's always going to be some sort of a ramp up, right? So what you don't want to do is come into it all loosey-goosey, you know, without any sort of a schedule, without any structure in your business, and then you get busier and busier and busier, and now you're like, holy crap, we need some structure. We're just running around like chickens with our heads cut off. There's no organization to this. It's going to be a lot harder to go back and, and kind of rein it in and and get those systems, processes, schedules, et cetera, um, in place. So other things you know that you could expect to to go through during the onboarding training kind of pre-launch phase, um, you know, depending on the type of business. If you need equipment, vehicles, the franchisor is going to be helping you out with all of that. Uh, hiring, recruiting, you know, you're likely going to be heads down, you know, recruiting, trying to start building out your team. Again, the franchisor is going to be able to help you with that. But just wanted to give people a sense of, you know, what happens after you sign, because I think that's something that some people don't put as much thought into. You know, they go through this whole research phase and they're like, all right, they're, they're, they're picturing, all right, what's this business going to look like, you know, long term? And that's great. You obviously need to have a sense of that. But I think some people, they sign and they're like, huh, what happens now? I haven't really thought about this. And again, it's obviously going to be different from one franchise to the next. Every franchisor is going to have kind of their own process. But generally speaking, the things that I covered today are, are pretty realistic in terms of what a brand new franchisee can expect after signing. But what I want to leave you with is this. Number one, don't forget to celebrate once you first signed your agreements. It's a huge deal and you should be proud of yourself. There's a lot of hard work to come. There's a lot of ups and downs to come. There are going to be those oh shit moments. There's going to be days where you're like, what in the world was I thinking? How did I get here? What am I doing? So keep your eye on the big picture. Remember your why. Remember your vision. And remember that this is all part of it. This is a building process. And also just have fun with it. Like, it's going to be so much better if you can just have some fun with it. Understand it's not going to be perfect. Understand you are going to make mistakes. You are going to have some bumps and bruises along the way, right? You're going to take some hard knocks along the way. Don't be so serious about it. Is it a big deal? You've just invested a bunch of money. You're trying to start a business. For most people, this is a life-changing decision. Yes, of course, it's a big deal, and you should take it seriously, but don't take it so seriously that you're stressing yourself out and now you're in a worse place than wherever you were before, you know, which drove you to want to get into business for yourself in the first place. Have some fun with it. I have to remind myself of this. My wife and I are literally driving the other day and our daughter pipes in from the back seat. She's like, Mom, Dad, you guys always just talk about business. And I was like, Holy shit, my four year old's pretty enlightened. We should maybe uh unplug for the rest of the evening and, and talk about something else 
it's easy to happen, especially when it's your business, right? You're going to care. It's always going to be on your mind. And that's a good thing. Just don't let it run you. Run your business and set it up like that from day one, right? Set it up so that you're building a business that's going to work for you long term versus you're either buying yourself a job or you are, you know, essentially going to be run by your business or be a slave to your business. So, anyways, I hope this is helpful. Uh, for anyone that's you know at this point right now, congratulations! Super exciting time uh, for others that you know have this goal or have this dream of being in business for yourselves. I promise you, if the drive is there, if that fire's inside of you, you can do it. So many others have. Hell, if I can do it, <laughs> you can do it. I promise you. So again, hope this helps. Go back and listen to the other episodes of Franchise Friday if you haven't caught them yet. Uh, share this with anyone that you think would get value from it. And if you're out there listening and you're like, hey, you know, this franchising thing sounds interesting. I think maybe I'd like to learn more. That's what I'm here for. Reach out to me. Let's talk. Let's see if it makes sense for you to actually, you know, research some franchise companies. And, and that's that's what I love to do is help people navigate this very overwhelming process uh, using my experience and, and, you know, everything that I've learned over the years. So I'd love to talk with you if any of this sounds interesting, or if you just have some questions and would like to learn more. But with that, I'm going to let you guys go. If you're listening to this live, happy Friday, enjoy your weekend. Either way, go drop in, make something awesome happen, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for dropping in with me to this episode of Franchise Friday. I hope you learned something new. If you're interested in speaking with me about how you can start charting your own path to freedom through franchise ownership, I'd love to have a conversation. I provide a free consulting service to help people just like you identify and investigate franchise businesses that will help them create freedom in their own lives, and I'd love to help you with the same. You can visit my website at www.path the number two frdm.com or send me an email at wes at path the number two frdm.com make sure to tune in to next week's episodes of the path to freedom podcast and follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and if you know someone else that would get value from this please take a moment to share with them until next time go drop in <laughs>